creating cultural awareness and understanding. This is Culture Click. Culture Click is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Winona has a lot to offer in the way of unique experiences. There are many outdoor opportunities involving the bluffs and the river, a thriving arts and music scene, and festivals ranging from Shakespeare to Beethoven to bluegrass. But did you know that Winona has many options for health and wellness, including options that might be considered outside the norm for some people? There are practitioners in Winona that offer everything from herbal medicine to acupuncture to gong baths. That's right, from plants to needles to gongs, oh my! Recently, there was a healthcare fair showcasing some of these different options that are available here in Winona. So this month on Culture Click, we will be highlighting a few of those options in order to shed some light and hopefully answer some questions some folks might have about these unique offerings. Today we start with Donna Common of Tincture of Time Healthcare. She's the one who helped organize Winona's unique healthcare fair. So let's learn more about Tincture of Time Healthcare. I'm Bill Stoneberg with Donna Common of Tincture of Time Healthcare, today on Culture Click. I'm talking to Donna Common uh, from Tincture of Time here in Winona. And um, uh, Donna, recently you you recently organized a healthcare fair here in Winona that was, uh, I believe it was called Winona's Unique Healthcare Options? or Healthcare Fair, yes. Okay. Um, so uh, maybe just tell us a little bit about uh, your practice here with uh, Tincture of Time and what you do. Um, so I'm a family nurse practitioner, and I'm also an herbalist. I have an independent clinic in historic downtown Winona. Right. And I enjoy seeing people from all walks of life. I spend a great deal of time with them. So if you come in here, you don't get a 15-minute appointment. You'll start out with an hour or an hour and 15 minutes, and I will get to know you. You'll have time to talk about your concerns. And then I do what I call a functional health assessment to find out how you do physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, who your social network is, what you do for activities, um, how you eat, how you feel in general, how you sleep. And then I do a physical exam, and then I'll sit back down with you and we'll talk about what we can do to treat your problems and to optimize your health and well-being. I prefer not to use a lot of medications, but we can use medications. I love working with plants, and so if plants are a good option for treatment, we'll use plant medicine. And if it's just lifestyle changes, we'll work with that, or a combination thereof. So it sounds like it's kind of a whole picture thing, you know, where you actually get to know the patient and, uh, and their needs. Right. That seems really important to me. And I've worked with people from so many different walks of life. And unless you find out who they are and ask questions, probing questions, you miss too much of the story. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right. And you mentioned that you're a nurse practitioner. And so um, what has been your personal path to, you know, from where you were working before to uh, Tincture of Time? What's, the, what's kind of the timeline? What's your background? Yeah, Bill, that's a good question. I worked, first of all, I started working in nursing homes when I was 16. So okay. I've been in healthcare for many, many years. I also did a little detour and went into graphic arts and fine arts uh-huh. in my early 20s. That was my original education. And that has served me well. I've always used my eye for design uh-huh. uh, to market things, cool. etc. Um It's a very comfortable space you have here and very relaxing. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, I wanted it to be relaxing and pretty. I want the space to be lovely so that when you sit in it, you feel feel some joy. 
But anyway, I worked in, um, in a hospital for 12 years doing med surge nursing. I worked in critical care for a little while and also worked in behavioral health for a while. All of those things were really good background. After 11 years of nursing experience, I became a nurse practitioner. And I worked in family practice for five years in Winona at Winona Health. And then I had an opportunity to start a palliative medicine program at Mayo Healthcare Franciscan uh, in La Crosse. I've spent a lot of time working with people at the end of life, and I felt really called to that. And so I went to work there, designed the program, and built it from scratch with a group of really great people. Uh, But I was the sole provider in the program for three years, and then we hired another nurse practitioner. So for six years, it was a nurse-led program. And then in uh, 2017, I took what I would call an early retirement. Mayo was doing some changes with the program, and I didn't see them being good for me in the long run. And I was kind of timing out on standard medical practice for a bunch of reasons. It was a great place to be. I had really good colleagues, and I loved the work, but I was... I was tiring out. So I took an early retirement, and I spent a year trying to figure out what I was going to do next, if I was going to do anything next. I hiked for a whole month uh, on the Lake Superior Hiking Trail, and during that time said goodbye to all the people that I cared for that had died. So it was a grieving process as much as a healing process for me. And I got done with that hike, and I thought, I'm going to know right what I'm going to do, and that was not the case at all. So I spent the rest of the year um, just being is something that's hard to do. We're not taught to do that, and I've always pushed myself very hard. And then the following year, in February, I went to an herbal retreat, sort of interested in sticking my finger in the herbal world, but I wasn't sure I would like it, and I loved it. So I came back from that retreat and started self-studying, and then in the summer I went to another retreat, and then in the fall I enrolled in an herbal program. Okay. It was an online program, and it was the Science and Art of Herbalism by Rosemary Gladstar, and she's one of the really founding people in the modern herbal movement, and she's real holistic in her approach to herbal teaching, mm-hmm. so it was a good program. But I finished that, and then I went to the Appalachian Foothills for six weeks and did an internship. Cool. And at the end of the internship, I decided to come home and try to open my own practice. Nice. Yeah. Did you have that in mind, like when you started uh, getting into herbal medicine and learning more about it and doing the internship? Um, was that the plan all along, or did that hit you, like you said, like down uh, when you're in Appalachia? Or? Yeah, no, it wasn't the plan all along. I really feel called to be a healer. It's what I've done my whole life. Okay. I have some reluctance, or did then, to let go of that. It just felt so much a part of who I right. was. But I wasn't personally so enthused with prescribing medications and just sort of railroading people through a practice where I didn't have time to get to know them. And just some of the pressure in the current system to make money didn't resonate with me very much anymore. And when I started studying herbalism, I didn't know what would be the outcome of it. I didn't know if I would use it for family and friends or just my own joy. Mm -hmm. And Yeah, after the internship, I got to spend time with many people who do nothing but herbal medicine. It's a whole way of life. Uh And it was fascinating to me. And it's not what we have in Winona. But when I came back, I thought, ah, you know, when I was working with end-of-life care at Mayo, people weren't talking about it. 
you know, it was a whole culture shift. But over six years of doing that work, I watched the culture shift. And when I left, people talked about death and dying differently than they did when I started. And I thought if I could lean into the herbal part of my practice and bring all of the medical skills I already have to the table, perhaps I could shift some of the culture in Winona to be more accepting or enthusiastic about whole plant medicine, which people have used since time immemorial. Right, right, forever. So, you know, I think it's interesting because you mentioned um, uh, spending time with your patients, you know, spending an hour. And and you mentioned, you know, um, in, what do we call it? Do we call it standard medicine or, you know, traditional? Traditional seems like a weird choice to me because I believe the plant stuff is a little more traditional than anything else we have, but modern medicine perhaps. But anyway, you mentioned in modern medicine how it's kind of real quick, you know, real fast paced and you get to spend, you know, 15 minutes with a patient it's hard to know because we as patients, I think, often don't even know the words to use to describe to somebody like what is wrong. And, you know, it, it feels to me like there's a bit of detective work in what you guys do, you know, in healthcare. There's a lot of detective work. And you can't tell if somebody comes into your office and says, I have abdominal pain. Uh-huh. There's no way of knowing what caused that. And it really requires a lot of questions. But even with questions and testing sometimes, you might find by further probing that the person has a history of something that you never, ever anticipated. I worked with a doctor one time, and um, she told me she could tell what was wrong with the patient before she walked through the door. And I thought, wow, that's a bold statement. Like, I have never felt that way. And when I worked with people that were dying, I had the grace to have lots of time. Mm -hmm. And I would sit with them, and sometimes I would say to them, what do you worry most about? Mm -hmm. And the answers that they gave me were surprising. I might anticipate that what they worried about was pain or suffering or dying, but what they would say would be very different. It could be something as simple as, I'm worried about my cat at home, or I'm worried that I'm never going to do X, Y, and Z. And until you ask the questions, you don't have the right diagnoses. And so if you're in a hurry, you're going to miss it too often. Right. I, I really like that. It's a totally different... It's, it feels to me like a totally different way of uh, viewing healthcare, you know? I mean, I think both from the, uh, uh, the patient and the provider, you know? Um, you know, and we were talking a little bit before I turned the mic on as well um, about how uh, some people aren't are real happy with, you know, our modern system or whatever. Um, and we talked a little bit about, um, you know, complaints people might have. Do you think there's a growing interest in alternatives to that style, to that modern kind of standard care? It seems that way. That's what people tell me. Okay. I'm trying. I'm grappling really with the word alternative because okay. somehow we've pigeonholed our sense of what healthcare is into standards that don't need to be standards. Right. Just. I don't really know how to even articulate it, Bill, but I don't think of myself as alternative because Mm -hmm. I still have one foot firmly planted Mm -hmm. in my nurse practitioner licensure and the standards of care that I learned as a nurse practitioner. Mm -hmm. But it seems like people are feeling a little disenfranchised and 
uh, poorly served mm -hmm. by those 15-minute appointments. Right. And I think they are looking for different options for their care. Those appointments are perfect if you are very sick and what you need is testing and medication. Right. But if you're basically well and you have something that's gone wrong and you just need reassurance mm -hmm. or you need to know that you don't need pills and testing, or you do, there are different ways to approach that that seem more user-friendly. Yeah, and I guess I, I guess I use the word alternative as for lack of a better term, right, really, right. you know, um, and I think it's maybe, maybe even a more holistic approach, you know, would maybe be a better descriptor, I think. Yeah, what I'd like to say is that over time, we're going to see the whole shift in healthcare move toward a model where the focus is on health and not on illness and medications and testing. And where people get their primary care from folks that can support their health and well-being, and they get their sick and urgent care from hospitals and urgent cares. More fitting, I suppose, to each situation, right? Right. Where if you have a doctor that's been training for eight years in medicine and they specialize, maybe they have another three or four years of training in a subspecialty, you go to them for that reason. Right. But if you have somebody that's healthy, you go to people who have eight years of experience and training in the art of health. Right. Like preventative and, and continuing health, things yes, like that, right? Yes, yeah. 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 I think another, I'm going to shift gears a little bit here because another aspect of this is the whole herbal side in which I find super fascinating with you and Tincture of Time here that, uh, you collect the herbs and make remedies yourself. Um, you want to kind of walk us through, like, what does that what does that mean to people? You know, I mean, I don't know if you know. Um, I know it was new to me, you know, in meeting you. But um, so you make all of your own tinctures, correct? I do, and tinctures are um, extracts of whole plants, right. and I use usually alcohol to extract the medicine. Um, I've had to learn a lot about botany, and that's been fascinating. Right. I especially like it because I love nature, and I've tried to learn birds, but they move too quickly, and the <laughs> flowers stay put, so you can get down on your hands and knees and look at them and learn them, and which is nice. great. Um, plants grow in an environment that is full of uh, complexity, and they are survivors. So you don't find a field of one kind of plant, except in our oh, agriculture. Right. Yeah. You find plants that are surviving in the midst of a lot of other life around them, mm -hmm. insect life, viral, fungal, bacterial, um, other plants. Right. And so plants synthesize everything they need completely, all their nutrients, all their own antibiotics, all their own antifungals, everything uh -huh. they need to thrive, they synthesize, and those chemicals change all the time to, um, they adapt to what's going on in real time. Mm -hmm. And most of those chemicals have medicinal use in our bodies. We right. have receptors that will accept and use those chemicals in the same way the plants do. So the same way if we eat a handful of spinach, we get the nutrients out of that green. Mm -hmm. 
if we um, make a tincture of tea out of an antimicrobial herb, we get the antimicrobial properties. And so I've had to learn about the various plants from the identification to save plants, to the making of medicine, and then to the use of it. And all the plants have a different use, and there's hundreds of them that are medicinal and thriving in this area. So it's been fascinating. I've loved it. In a nutshell, I identify the plant. I harvest it when it's in its peak. So if you're going to use the plant root, you would harvest it when the root is getting all the nourishment from the plant, which is going to be in the fall and winter months or very early spring. If you want the medicine that's in the aerial part of the plant, which would be the upper part, especially if it's the stems and the leaves, you harvest those in the spring when they're first coming up or in the summer, depending on when the plant is is coming up. After that, the energy of the plant goes into the flower and the seed production. So you would harvest flowers when they are at their peak, Mm -hmm. seeds when they are at their peak, and then you go back into the cycle again. So you have to know what part of the plant and when it's at its peak. Mm -hmm. So you harvest it, you can dry it, and you can use it as a tea, or you can take it fresh and you can chop it up and put it in alcohol and the alcohol will extract the chemicals and then you let it steep for a while, strain off, compost the plant material and then bottle the um, the menstruum. Right, yeah. right. So I think, you know, to me, that, that puts a lot of confidence in you, you know, in my view, when when I hear you talk about uh, the process from identifying the plant, you know, knowing when to harvest it, harvesting it, making the tincture, you know, um, it gives me confidence that you have a really good overview and understand what it is you're doing and where you're getting that from, you know, Um because you, so do you harvest all of the all of your own herbs as well, or some of them? Or? Yeah, so I am trying to do more and more of my own herbs. I buy some dried herbs from really good sources. They're all organic, and they're sources I totally trust. Okay. I'll even throw some names out there. Can I do that? Sure. Like Mountain Rose Herbs or Pacific Botanicals are two really well-regarded resources. Okay. Um, I've tried to do more local plants. I grow some. We have a very small yard, but every inch of it has something growing on it. Uh Like, literally, we don't have grass left. (laughs) And so I grow plants in my own yard. I have a neighbor, a friend who has 240 acres of all organic wildflowers, Mm -hmm. and she lets me harvest from her. I also go into the woods and find things, and Mm -hmm. I'm in the middle of putting in um, a wooded garden out at my in-laws. So my husband's been clearing invasive trees, uh-huh. and I'm planting in his wake. So cool. we've double-teamed to do that. But yeah, I, I'm, my goal would be to get most things locally. Mm-hmm. There are some right. things that I just can't get locally, and they're really good medicines, so I right. do buy them. But yeah, probably, I don't know, maybe seventy percent of what I have is all either handcrafted or wildcraft, you know, harvested. Nice. Yeah. Nice. yeah. So does that, I'm assuming, I would assume that keeps you kind of busy because of different growing seasons, uh, different parts of the plant you're looking for for different times. I mean, um, do you have help? Do you have, you know, other people that are helping you gather stuff? Or I wish I could say I'm more organized with this because <laughs> lots of people offer, but it's almost easier right now. This is my third year in this practice, but... Uh-huh. I walk to work, and if I see something that's ripe, you know, I might take my basket with me on my walk to work and clip things. Right. Or 
you know, I just carve out time wherever I can, and it's easier to do it on the fly than to organize the team sure. of people. But my husband's gotten very good at it. I have a couple of friends that are very good at it, and I have some young people that are enthusiastic nice. helpers. But by and large, I'm doing most of it myself yeah, right yeah. now. And that's fine. I can bring things into the office here. I make my medicine at, mm-hmm. at the clinic. Right. And, and during the slow times when there aren't patients here, I make medicine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I like that, too, that you make it right here. You know, it's all done right here. And we were talking a little bit before when you were talking about the tea that I'm drinking. Um, yeah. So the the plants, it's kind of fun. Many of them are nourishment, so you use them for nutritive value. Okay. Many of them are tonic. Now, you just don't find that in medicine. But the herbs... What does tonic mean? Tonic means, yeah. right, that they heal tissue. Okay. And so... Urinary tract is a really good example. If you get a urinary tract infection and you go to a clinic, Mm -hmm. a standard clinic, you're going to get an antibiotic for it. Mm -hmm. And with any luck at all, somebody will warn you uh, to eat some yogurt while you're taking the antibiotic so you don't upset all your normal gut flora. But that's about it, right? And you take the antibiotic and the urinary tract infection clears up and off you go. And many people will have reoccurrence. Well, that bacteria in your urinary tract is doing some damage to the mucosal tissue of the urinary tract. And the antibiotic doesn't heal that. Time does. But in the meantime, from the acute infection to the weeks afterwards, the tissue is damaged. And you're more at risk for more infection because those cells aren't happy. And there are herbs that are really toning to the urinary tract. They tend to tighten the tissue. You can use a blend of herbs that can be soothing to the mucosal tissue and tightening, and also that are cell proliferative, so they actually make more cells grow. Uh So for a lot of the problems that we have that are common self-healing problems, the herbs can just be beneficial in the sense that they help boost your body toward healing. So to recap, we can use herbs for nutrition, we can use them for their tonic qualities, or we can use them for their medical qualities. Mm -hmm. Their herbs can also be strong enough to act like a medicine in our body and either heal or damage us. So the stronger herbs that are stronger medicine need to be used as cautiously as medications. And, of course, the tricky part with working with plant medicine is there aren't research studies. But what there are are years and years and years and years of use. Mm -hmm. And if you follow the wisdom of the traditions that have used them forever Mm -hmm. and use them in that fashion, they are very effective and safe in the right hands. Right. Nice. Well, okay, so... And I'm assuming some of that overlaps if it's, you know, uh, uh, used for nutrition or used for tonic or medicine. I'm assuming some of that overlaps. And um, is, it, is it safe to say or am I assuming something wrong here? Like if uh, uh, that it's more geared towards the healing as opposed to um, keeping a symptom at bay or... It could be both, Bill. Okay. You know, I hear a lot of people say they want to treat more than symptoms, but the reality is if we can keep the symptoms at bay, Uh our own bodies do a lot of healing. So treating symptoms isn't always the wrong thing to do. We may never find out what caused a problem, 
But what we want to do is support a healing environment within. Right. And that can be both within and without, right? Uh So you can take something simple, like somebody comes in and they have belly pain. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. And I might do a workup and find nothing structural wrong with the belly, and the patient is still eating and digesting food okay. Mm -hmm. And so maybe I'll give them herbs to soothe the belly. If they go back to a home where there's maybe there's bickering or abuse, Mm -hmm. and the belly pain is from that, the herbs aren't going to be enough, right. you know. So you have to heal from both within and without, yeah. and acknowledge where both of those, you know, where right. anything is that's impacting the illness. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Again, that feels like a very holistic approach to me. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. 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 And I think you know. I think sometimes you know. Um, and I don't remember the word that I was going to replace alternative with now, but. Um, Complimentary, but you know, uh, just from my personal experience, you know, cause I've come to see you before sometimes these, you know, things that are, um, that might be considered alternative or complimentary, uh, might be a little, I guess, frightening in a way to people because they're unknown, Did you I know? Yeah, very, very much. No, (laughs) but you know, it might be, you know, the unknown factor of it is like, Oh, I don't know what that is. So I'm going to stay away, you know, but, um, it really helped me that you, like you, you put it, you have a foot in both kind of worlds, you know? And, um, and then the way you explain stuff to me, it just makes a lot of sense, you know? And I'm like, ah, yes, this is what I'm looking for, you know? Cause I, I did feel a little uh, neglected, um, um, in the past in healthcare, you know, when I would go in and be rush, rush, rush. And I'm like, on my drive home, I'm like, oh, I should have told them this, you know, I forgot about that, you know, like, so I really like the holistic approach. And it really, to me, it really puts me at ease, even though, you know, at first I'm like, well, I don't know what that is. I'm like, but you know what? I need to try something, you know? So I don't, you know, I guess that was just a statement. <laughs> well, I have a, a couple of patients that come in to me. It's funny. One of them, we were just talking about this. Uh, they come in, they tell me what they've heard from their doctor mm-hmm. or their specialist, mm-hmm. and they want me to translate. Sometimes I feel like oh. I am a patient advocate in some ways, right. and I think that it takes... Medical language is a whole different language, and sometimes you need an interpreter. And even with a lot of medical savvy, it can be hard to navigate Mm -hmm. the information you receive. You know, I go through that with my family members. Mm. You know, my father is struggling with some some healthcare concerns, and I feel like navigating his needs are really difficult. And I feel like I have a lot of skills in the healthcare world. Uh So I. I don't mind if patients come in to me and say, I've seen X, Y, and Z, and this is what they say. What do you think? Right. You know? And what's that mean? Yeah, what's you that know? mean? And then I give them information about that, and they go about their business. Right. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Nice. I love it. Well, that's the complimentary part, right? It, it, yes, that is the complimentary part, yes. Yeah. Um, do you, you, know, you mentioned uh, about the herbs, uh, trying to source locally and stuff like that. Do you travel very far to, to get them as well? Or? You know, we. Um, I grew up in northern Minnesota, and uh-huh. my husband's family has the cabin up there. And so every summer I'm up 
there for at least one or two trips. And there are some plants up there that we can't get here, and I do harvest when I'm there. Yeah. And, yeah, I haven't harvested real far afield in other... Yeah, I'm trying to think about that. Last spring we went... um, into the Blue Ridge Mountains for a week in April, but I didn't harvest anything yeah. from there. It didn't feel like the thing to do. Right, yeah. Right. Okay. I was just kind of curious, yeah. you know, of how far that, you know, net gets cast. And so the healthcare fair that you organized, uh, Winona's Unique Healthcare Fair, I really like that whole group of, you know, there were, I believe, not, was it nine different nine. practices? Um, is there any kind of directory? in Winona that would kind of compile healthcare options like that? Um, because I would, I would find that very beneficial. And I think, you know, that's why I thought the healthcare fair was really great um, for people to kind of uh, get to know these places and what Winona has to offer. But I would really like to see like a, a directory. Is there anything like that in the works? Or? That's a really good question, Bill. Live Well Winona has a directory. Okay. And I think most of our businesses are probably listed there. I'm not sure. Okay. I know I am. Okay. But that's a really good point. It's yeah. something to think about. And that's, uh, I believe it's livewellwinona.org. Uh, Donna, if someone's um, uh, interested in coming to see you, uh, what's their best option? Op- or even just learning more, you know, what's their best option? Do you have, a, like, an um, online presence, or should they just come in? Or do they have pamphlets? Or Yeah, I have a website. It's www.tinctureoftime, and that's the herb time, Time. T-H-Y-M-E, dot com. There is a place that you, if you go to the scheduling link, there's a place that you can send me a message. Mm -hmm. You don't have to schedule to ask a question, so please feel free to do that. And my phone number is also on there, so you can call. Both those ways will get you an appointment or information if you'd like it. Oh, great. Yeah. Great. Uh, what about if someone has concerns, um, if insurance will cover things or how to pay and things like that? Yeah. So I don't accept insurance here. And what I've tried to do is set up the pay structure so that it would cost about the same thing as 20% your insurance copay on okay. a standard visit. I, it's not easy asking people to pay money out of pocket for their health care, but I don't order unnecessary testing. I don't order anything that I feel isn't beneficial. When I do order testing, I order it from local um, clinics. And so if you have insurance, it will typically be covered. But your cost of a visit with me is out of pocket. And I do ask people to pay at the time of the visit. Right. And there's more information about that on your website as well, then? It's all covered on the website, yes, yeah. Yeah. Great. And uh, what if someone's just interested in herbal medicine themselves, you know, or um, um, learning, just learning more about uh, plant medicinal qualities or identification? Um, Do you have any uh, places they should go, like any resources? Yeah, I do. I... Like we talked about, I loved Rosemary Gladstar's Science and Art of Herbalism. It's a very affordable and comprehensive program. There is a website called herbmentor.com, and it's a wonderful place for beginning herbalists. And I think you can get a week or even a month of free, and then it's really cheap, like $7 a month. It's cheaper than Netflix. And you can go to it for all sorts of, they have... Um, beginning education videos they have plant walks they have information from all of the contemporary herbalists that are practicing and really well known in the herbal world so it's a really wonderful resource for beginning herbalists Uh, yeah 
Sounds good. Well, I've been talking to Donna Common today. Um, she has a practice downtown Winona called Tincture of Time. And uh, that's time is in the herb, T-H-Y-M-E. And uh, you can find more out about uh, different healthcare options in Winona from livewellwinona.org as well. So, Donna, thank you so much for talking with us today. Um, thank you so much for having the healthcare fair. Uh, that was my first um, kind of realization of that there are a lot of options in Winona. I didn't really realize that before. You know, um, I had found you as an option, and. Now I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, there's a lot of different stuff out here, you know, ranging, I mean, from, you know, the, the type of work you do with, with healing and herbs to acupuncture to all different, you know, meditation, massage, all different kinds of things. So um, thank you so much for putting that together. And thanks for talking with us today. Thank you, too, Bill. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks again to Donna Common of Tincture of Time Healthcare for joining us today on Culture Click. For more information about Tincture of Time, go to tinctureoftimehealthcare.com. We hope you join us next week to learn more about Winona's unique options for health and wellness. Just tune into Culture Click Thursdays at 1230 right here on 89.5 KQAL. I'm Bill Stoneberg, and we just heard from Donna Common of Tincture of Time Healthcare today on Culture Click. Creating cultural awareness and understanding. You've been listening to Culture Click. Support for Culture Click is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Culture Click is produced by KQALFM on the campus of Winona State University. For more information, look us up on the web at kqal.org. And thanks for listening to Culture Click. Mm-hmm.